brought my coaches with me. We're putting God first and believing that he's going to help us accomplish our impossible goals. I'm Melody Bateman. I'm a running coach, and I believe in letting the real you out. I'm Tracy Robbins King, and I'm a creation coach. I am enthusiastic about helping people make incremental progress. And we're three peas in pod as we're entrepreneurs, runners, and podcasters. So there's going to be a lot of nerding out. Episodes drop Monday. Woo woo. Fifty-two weeks. Melody, Steph, and Tracy are all here. It is a team effort together, team together, and we are going to start off by talking about our wins. So, what are some victories? Get us up to speed on what's been happening. It doesn't even have to be a victory. It can kind of be like a little review of what's been happening. Uh, but there have been some big things, especially for Melody. Yes, I'll take that as my cue to go first. (laughs) So I went on a trip. Jacob ran 100 miles, and Jacob is my husband. I feel like I've talked about it enough that people know that, or the person who listens knows that. Anyways, um, Jacob ran 100 miles, and I crewed and paced, and it was super fun. We went on a big trip and stopped in lots of places, camped in a different place every night, slept in different hotels. It was an awesome road trip. Um, saw lots of things, did lots of things. And I think I already mentioned that I got a new job and I am, I started that on Monday. And so I am back to the like nine to five, five days a week kind of life and trying to get used to that. And I am already totally losing it, but it's okay. I'm going to figure it out. I keep getting nervous, but God keeps telling me, you know how to do this. You know how to do this. I feel like I didn't quite have the capacity to do it uh, for a little bit, but I feel like I figured things out. Um, and I just, and I, I want to be super open about like my mental health journey as well. And I'm on medication now, which has like, it's just changed my life. And I feel like with the medication and just the help that I have gotten, I just feel like I'm to the point where I have the capacity to do, to work full time. So here I am trying to figure it out. And um, that's an update on my life. That's exciting. There's lots of big things there. Melody, are you still massaging too on the, your two days? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing coaching one day, massaging two days, and then working at the rent shop two days. So I still have like my crazy, like three jobs. I'm doing something different every day, but now everything that I'm doing starts at 10 and the seventh. So I'm getting more into a routine. Awesome. Congratulations. This is exciting. Jacob and his race, 100 miles. uh... He is amazing. You guys, he did so good. Like he, me and everyone who was there, we were like, what the, like we knew Jacob would finish, but we didn't know that he would finish with a really good time. Like he, he is amazing. I was like, dang, I married this second man. (laughs) That's so awesome. Wow. Go Jacob. We're super amazed. I am super amazed. That's exciting. All right. 
It's amazing. It's not even pretty awesome. It's just like, I don't know. Words don't really describe when somebody runs 100 miles in one take. Not sure about that. Don't even know how to describe it. You know, it's true. Like the entire time we did the run and then we immediately left on this road trip. And the entire time we were like, wait, did that happen? And Jacob, like we'd be driving and be quiet for a little bit. And he would just pick up his bell and he'd be like, did I really do this? (laughs) So... Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Does it? I'm curious, has he talked about how, I mean, when you run 100 miles, do you feel like you can do anything after that? Or do you still have doubts about your life? Oh, yeah. You asked that, Marco Polo. You know, Jacob, I feel like it's kind of like a birthday, maybe like a big birthday, like your 30th birthday, you know, and it's like this big deal. And you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to be a grown up now. I don't know. And you like wake up and you're like, I still feel the same. Like Jacob kept saying things like that. Like, he's like, I don't feel different. And, and he's like, I don't feel that cool. I just think it's always super cool when you think you can't do it and you see all these other people doing it, but then you do it. And then it's just so easy to be like, you know, it wasn't as bad as I thought, you know, like anyone could do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So interesting. Humans are so interesting. And how we, when we accomplish things like these huge things, it's kind of like it's the journey, not just that thing that really mattered in the whole process. And then it's like, wait, what's next? And it can kind of be a letdown if we're not careful in regards to that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, Steph, what about you? Um, I was just thinking about it. I'm, like my win isn't something like super huge, but I... You know, we're nearing the end of the month, and so that will conclude my first month into my, like, 37th year plan for myself. And I'm on par for, like, all the goals. Like, I'll hit my running goal this month. I'll hit, And I set my goals lower, but I'll hit my financial goal, my spiritual goal. And it's just the little small things every day. Um, and it's just that reminder that... You don't have to do a lot if you're just being consistent. So I never usually am. So then I feel like I always have to scramble and do a lot. Well, that's awesome. Steph, huge. Those little things, they add up. They make Mm -hmm. a difference. Little decisions. And I feel like you've had lots of victories in just making decisions in the moment to like, yeah. Anyway, I feel like you've been doing really well at moving forward with your goals and making little steps that like changes to your schedule that you've like chosen to continue to do instead of like slide back and just really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, um, Steph, you're killing it. You're seriously killing it, Steph. She is. Steph is just throwing that out there. Thanks guys. It does feel good of like when I'm being consistent, it's not like, oh man, I have to go spend two hours and clean my house or oh man, I didn't do this big thing, it really does break it down a lot more. I'm like, why haven't I lived my life like this forever? So I just hope it continues, but it feels easy. So I feel like it will continue. That's excellent. Wow. Super cool. That's, that's key. It's easy. That means it's becoming an actual, like it's an actual habit. I feel like when things become like, oh, it's just who I am. That's when you're hitting the the nail. Yeah. Um, That's really cool. Um, okay, for myself, I have been, I asked Heavenly Father, what is the one thing I need to stop doing to most improve my life? And he said, you need to stop sleeping in. So, and I, I mean, I'm not crazy about sleeping in anyway, but like I've just not been waking up at a consistent time every morning. It's been different every morning. And 
So I was like, okay. So I went back on to my six, my 10 to six, which I think is my best, like 10 PM, 6 AM. Like that is my best amount of time to, okay. So <laughs> David is interrupting the podcast right now. Guys. You good? Okay. Anyway, so I forgive you, David. (laughs) (laughs) So 10 a.m. to 6, anyway, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. is probably like my sweet spot right now. And so I'm glad that I'm kind of getting in that, in the flow with that, which has been great. I've also created a morning routine that I've been doing for the last several mornings. It's only been about five days. So I started on Saturday morning, Friday morning. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I've done it for five days. Which is um, awesome. Yeah. And day five has been, day five was the hardest day of those days. And so it's just interesting, like things wear off, like the joy of them kind of can wear. And so I just have to remember, like, it's all about like the long game. I'm in for like the long game kind of idea and getting it so that it's more habitual. And I've just figured out some things with my morning routine that work best for me. And so I'm grateful that I've kind of worked out some of those things by this time in my life. And yet I'm still just constantly adjusting. But I feel like I kind of have a routine right now that I like. But there's still some there's some tweaking that needs to happen. But I still feel like it's been good. So that's my celebration. And I feel like I've been using the scriptures and spending time in the scriptures and spending time with God. And my morning routine starts the night before. And so I've been like creating this night routine and the morning routine, and they're just like so complimentary. So that's been really fun too. Tracy, can I ask you, um, I'm super interested in this because I'm also like, as I'm like getting my schedule down, I'm also like working on a morning routine. Do you care if I ask you what your morning routine is and like what, where the tweaks are that you're working on? Yeah. So I have a really long my morning routine is long. I think Steph has talked about this too, where sometimes it's like, oh, there's so many things that you, it's going to take too long. It's not practical, especially when you're going to work at a certain time or whatever it may be. However, so I feel like right now my morning routine is two and a half hours. That's my morning routine. So, and if it's like with breakfast, it's three hours. So that's like the whole thing. And the reason why is because I wake up at six, I brush my teeth, I use the bathroom. I maybe do a Duolingo lesson while I'm on the toilet. That's true. And then potentially, I potentially don't even, I don't really, that's like depending on the day. But then I get up and I shower. I shower first thing. And the reason why I shower is because I'm not going running. I just need to go outside and walk. And so I'm not a big runner, but I like to just be like outside. So what I do is I get ready for the day literally get ready. And then once I'm ready, I put on, I go out and I walk. Whatever I'm wearing for the day, I'm going walking in. So I just go walking and I'm, I call it walking with God. I walk without a device and I do like 20 minutes of walking. And then I get back to my house and then I do a, oh, and I do posture exercises before I leave for my walk. So I do 10 minutes of posture exercises and then I do my 20 minute walk. That's the first hour. Then at seven, I sit down and I do my scripture study and I start my, I use the cube to, to measure how much time I'm spending in the scripture. So I do like 15 minutes and I start in the Old Testament and then I move to the Book of Mormon. And on average, I'm spending 30 to 45 minutes in the scriptures. And then I'm 
writing in my journal or praying or meditating for the last little bit and working out anything like in my schedule, stuff like that for the day. And maybe potentially reading 10 pages in a book that's like different than my scriptures. And I tend to feel pretty tired by the end of that. So I've been trying to do the 15 minutes and then every 15 minutes I get up and I dance party or I do something every 15 minutes period. That's so fun. Yeah, it's super fun. So that's been really helpful. I've gotten a good list that I'm liking. There's this song I really like. And so I've been listening to that song every 15 minutes. And then I've also been measuring how I'm using my time today. I like was logging what I was doing every 15 minutes just to see like how I'm wasting my time and seeing where things are like not working. That's a little bit annoying to be honest, but it's been good. So that is my morning routine. You know, I found an app recently that helps you keep track of your time. Um, I haven't played in it yet, but I downloaded it and I like looked up previews and things. And um, it's, it's like a app version of the like writing what you do every 15 minutes of every day. I'll have to send it to you. Um, you know what it's called? Let me look it up really quick. I have it right here. It's called Playbook. Playbook. Okay. Yeah. Play- oh, wait. It's either Playbook or Time Log. It's one of those. <laughs> I'll, I'll double check later and, and send it to you. We could put it in the show notes too. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. Um... Yeah, and if it makes me feel any better, my morning routine right now is four hours. And it's because two hours of that is working out. One hour of that is just like, you know, brushing my teeth, pooping, taking a shower. And another hour of that is I have an hour, 30 minutes to read scriptures, and then 30 minutes to just like sit down and plan my day. So I don't think there's anything wrong with having a long morning routine if it works for you and it works for your schedule. I do understand what you're saying though. Like by the end of it, you're like tired. Um, So I have noticed that like I get up and I do all my stuff and then I have to go work for eight hours. And then by the time I get home, I'm just kind of pooped. So I'm trying, I'm learning how to just like take like little breaks throughout the day. So it's not just go, 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 go the second I wake up. And that's also why I lengthened my morning routine. So it's not like a go, go, go morning routine. It, it's a little bit laid back. I have time to do my workout. Um, I'm ready an hour before I have to be at work. And then I have an hour to read and plan my day. So it's not just super crazy. So anyways. No, that's awesome. And I, I think the one thing I'd like to the adjustment I'd like to make is I would love to start weightlifting, but I really feel like the most productive time, like in doing that weight resistance or whatever training which just like really overwhelms me, but I know it doesn't have to. It's just how my mindset is. I just feel like if I do that, I'd rather do it in like the afternoon because I found that that's when I'm most least productive. And so it's best to go to the gym at that time. So, you know, I'm, I'm, and also the adjustments, like I've been taking my shake with me when I walk. So I drink my shake while I'm walking. And so, you know, I'm, it's just, it's interesting. And also I'm practicing gratitude and like gratitude is magical right? Yeah. Really being grateful. Well, and like when I first started last summer, um, really figuring out routines after we were having all these speakers, mine were really long too. And now I'm down to like five minutes, but I think it's just whatever works in between. And you do find like the habit stacking 
along the way, which makes it nice. And I, I my brain is more alert in the morning, so I want to use that time to work and exercise in the afternoon. I was talking to Melody about that last night, so I get that where you're like, that's when I want to go to the gym. Well, it also, like, you do have to be to work pretty early, so, you know, if you do have to be to work super early, you obviously can't have a four-hour morning routine because you're not going to wake up at two o'clock. <laughs> um, you know, for me, I don't start working until 10. So I do have the whole morning to to get my stuff done. But I, I do kind of see my workouts as like the two hours that I'm working. I, I see that as work, like that is part yeah. of my job. So yeah, of course. So one thing I did try you guys because of Benjamin Hardy and the book I've been reading, he talks about how like during the first two to three hours of your day should be considered holy and sacred time and that it's like a jam session. So you literally like write, do whatever is like the most difficult task of your day, you should be doing at the very beginning of your day. And he's like, it should be sacred, like no email, no text messages, no nothing. Like it is completely blocked off or whatever are the most important uh, activities that are going to affect your keystone goals. And so it's just been really interesting because I tested that out last week as well. I tested that at the beginning of the week and I was testing out that jam session kind of thing. And that was really interesting because actually I feel like I learned a lot more. I did feel like that was really nice because you have this momentum from oh, having totally. done hard things in the morning. You have more momentum throughout the day. Well, and I mean, example with that, I, I hate editing, but like early in the morning, I will let myself edit in my bed. And so it's cozy, I'm warm, and I don't have to move very far. I just grab my laptop. And then like this morning, like I edited three episodes super early and now I'm all caught up with my audio. So I just think that there's those little things that you can do to make yourself comfortable and get yourself moving in the morning. And I also think that they're like, those are the things that are gonna like make you feel better about the end of your day. Like in regards mm-hmm. to like, I got that edit, that stuff that's been hanging over my head is no longer hanging over my head. It's actually done. Like I, I actually yeah. done that thing. And so I feel like for me, that's been really important to remember. Am I prioritizing what's actually the most important thing to accomplish today? Yeah. And that's great. And that's what I like to do my workout in the morning. Cause I have noticed if I don't, then I'm thinking about it all day. I'm like, when am I going to get it in? How am I going to get it in? So yeah, that makes sense. And also I love that you edit in your bed stuff. Cause I just think like, why not edit in your bed? Like you can do whatever you want to do. Your morning routine can be literally whatever you want it to be, you know? Mm-hmm. So and maybe you're the kind of person who your morning routine starts at 10 o'clock. Maybe you like my sister, her internal, she's been like this ever since high school. Like she's up until two and she sleeps in, I don't know, till 10 or, and, and like, she gets a lot done. Like her nighttime routine is like my morning routine. Like she gives herself four hours in the evening to, to do her workout, her scripture study and her journal writing. And then she sleeps in and she gets up and goes to work. And like, that's just what works for her. So there's no, no rules. You just do what works for you, you know? Right. I know. That's what I love is like, when you find like, and learning from so many different people, it's like, oh, this worked for them. This worked for them and figuring out your sweet sauce. Yeah, I feel like I could talk about the morning routine a lot or the PM routines, kind of that idea that they're, this is the one thing that's my tendency, and I've talked about this before, but my tendency is to go into extremism and sort of become very religious about it to the degree that I can't have fun with certain people because I'm like, that'll interfere. I don't want to do that. But also, 
those things like affect the entire day. If I get those things done, then my day is way better or it like sets me up, I feel like, for success. But I feel like it's also like, don't let that become your God. <laughs> uh, it's just an interesting thing. Like, there is a balance there. <laughs> yeah. Which is the hardest thing. Finding that balance is so hard, man. Yeah. Anyway, all right, guys. So today we are going to do a little poetry reading because I love poetry. So this is, of course, the opportunity to share some or share a poem, something that you love that. And I think for myself, poetry is actually I'm sort of I like poetry and I've liked it since I was a young kid. And it's probably because I read things like Dr. Seuss, which is basically just poetry and then with pictures. And then, of course, I love Shel Silverstein, which is like or Silverstein. Anyway, the one who does like where the sidewalk in ends and he does a bunch of poetry books and growing up, I would read those. I would read those poetry books and be like, look how many pages I read. It was like this much writing on each page. Mm -hmm. And I used to love, love, love that. So I grew up kind of loving, I like rhyme. I do like rhyming. And so I enjoy, I appreciate a good poem. And like, I feel like a lot of them can be witty and funny. Um, and then a lot of them can be so deep. And there's also poems that I literally do not have any understanding of that I just think what is happening right now, I, this is beyond my level of intellectual capacity. However, I appreciate it more as I get older, like certain poems or certain things I hear or the poetry of a song even, and the poetry of a hymn, the poetry of the scriptures found in Psalms. We just finished the book of Psalms and come follow me, or we're finishing it this week. And that book is just poetry really in song form that's meant to be sung. It's just kind of cool. Anyway, so does anyone want to start us off with the poetry? Um, I mean, I took the simple one from Dr. Seuss. When I think of poetry, I just think of that poem, Today You Are You, You Are... Today You Are You, that is truer than true. There's no one alive who is youer than you. Shout aloud, I'm glad to be what I am. Thank goodness I'm not a clam or a ham or a dusty old jar of gooseberry jam. I am what I am. What a great thing to be, if I say so myself. Happy every day to be me. I totally Grace, that one you're memorized. awesome. Yeah, Dave, good job. you that out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that one I had, that was in the bathroom in my, like, growing up. So I memorized oh. it. Oh. Anyway, that's why I know that one really well. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great poem it is uh, and I think it's funny and profound yeah anyway go Dr. Seuss I know Dr. Seuss is the bomb I love him so much amen his name's Theodore Geisel did you know that that's his real name Dr. Seuss's uh, real name you just Theodore ruined Geisel. it for me I didn't need to know that <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he, he was from like San Diego he, he taught I think he anyway he was from San Diego area and so all of the eucalyptus trees are what inspired all his unique trees in his books are come from the eucalyptus trees in San Diego anyway cool what a cool dude he didn't really like kids by the way which is hilarious he wasn't like a huge fan they like to write poetry like you know write books for them <laughs> nice <laughs> And maybe that's not totally true, but I think it is kind of true. Anyway, Molly, right, what about you? <laughs> okay, so I actually, my poem is a song that I have been binge listening to. Um, and 
it's kind of depressing, but it just kind of like with the stuff that I've been going through lately, like I've had bouts of depression and things and, um, and, and I feel like I'm out of that right now. Um, but it just made me think of like how I was feeling in my low times. The lyrics are amazing. So I found this um, artist, his name is John Foreman. He's the lead singer of, um, dang, what is it? I forget. Anyways, I, I will tell you when I remember. But anyways, he's the lead singer of some band, a really popular band, but um, his music is amazing. Like I have a, it's on my bucket list to write an album one day. And this is the kind of music that I'd write. It's just like him and his guitar. It's just so beautiful. So I'm just going to read um, like the first bit in the chorus. So uh, looking for reasons to believe instead of doubt, wait in instead of out. There's got to be a reason. Looking for answers for the horror and the pain. When they both start to feel the same, there's got to be a reason. Only one breath at a time, she said. All my tears are falling on the floor, she said. I never felt it rain like this before, she said. I'll see these black-eyed blues into the storm instead. I've been waiting for the new eyes to arrive, one breath at a time, one breath at a time. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful song. And I just, like, these lyrics here, I'll see the black-eyed blues into the storm. I've been waiting for the new eyes to arrive. Holy moly, how do you come up with such beautiful lyrics? And I love stuff like that where, like, it can mean what you want it to mean. There's There can be so many interpretations to those words, right? And I love music like that because you can make it, you can relate it to you and your life and your experiences. So that's my point. So fun. I love it. Thanks for sharing why it means so much to you as well and specifically sharing just how much you can resonate and fill that, fill those words and use them to to help you really for sure Steph did you want to did you want to share any more about the Dr. Seuss quote do your Dr. Seuss poem did you want to share why you like it um <laughs> no that was really just the first thing that came to my mind when I thought of poetry um and I mean I like that it's like telling you to be yourself and you know there's no one else out there like you but I don't have anything profound like melody. No, 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 that was great. I feel like all of it is profound. I just think it's different, right? So I've been reading in Psalms, and Psalms 103 is the Christian rock stars have made this into a song called, Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul anyway there's this song worship him anyway this song comes from the, the 103rd the one like this psalm and it says even the psalm starts off with bless the lord O my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the lord O my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgiveth all thine iniquities who healeth all thy diseases who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. 
he made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. And those are just verses one through eight, but it's just so beautiful. And there's this part that says, like, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. And they actually talk about how, like, trying to measure from the east to the west is basically almost an improbability. Like, it's very difficult to actually measure the east from the west. And so I think that that part of the... Uh, that's actually like more profound than we realize to measure like east to west is basically saying like how infinite his love is and how infinite his capacities are and then um the other two verses 17 and 18 say but the mercy of the lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them anyway and then the last words are bless the lord all my soul so there's lots of parallelism in the Psalms where like it starts off a certain way and then it ends kind of similarly at the end. So um, anyway, so I loved, I loved reading. We just barely finished reading a lot of poetry in the scriptures or in Psalms, which is fun. And I didn't even enjoy Psalms until like the last 50 Psalms. I was like, this is awesome. So great. But it took a little bit of time for me to like get into it. So and then. I'm not done. So this is the this is clearly my episode for a reason. So there is also there. This is like my little poetry book that David gave me, and these are like classic poems, very classic poetry, and I love this poem. And it was made famous, at least in the church, I feel like, because President Hinckley read it in one of his talks. And it says, this is called The House by the Side of the Rome. I mean, The House by the Side of the Road by Sam Walter Foss. And this poem makes a lot more sense to me why it's interesting now than it did even when I first heard it when I was a teenager. Just, it's like so much more profound. It says here, there are hermit souls that live withdrawn in the place of their self-content. There are souls like stars that dwell apart in a fellowless firmament. There are pioneer souls that blaze their paths where highways never ran, but let me live by the side of the road and be a friend to man. Let me live in a house by the side of the road where the race of men go by, the men who are good and the men who are bad, as good and as bad as I. I would not sit in the scorner's seat or hurl the cynic's ban. Let me live in a house by the side of the road and be a friend to man. I see from my house by the side of the road by the side of the highway of life, the men who press with the ardor of hope, the men who are faint with the strife. But I turn not away from their smiles nor their tears, both parts of an infinite plan. Let me live in a house by the side of the road and be a friend to man. I know there are brook-gladdened meadows ahead and mountains of wearisome height, that the road passes on through the long afternoon and stretches away to the night. But still I rejoice when the travelers rejoice and weep with the strangers that moan, nor live in my house by the side of the road like a man who dwells alone. Let me live in my house by the side of the road. It's here the race of men go by. They are good, they are bad, they are weak, they are strong. Wise, foolish, so am I. Then why should I sit in the scorner's seat or hurl the cynic's ban? Let me live in my house by the side of the road and be a friend to man. Anyway, I love that poem. And I think it's so profound that like, 
it's this idea that like, let me be a helper ultimately and not a critic of my, of the people that pass me by in this life. And I am just like them. There's something about me that like is similar to them as well. So I love that poem. Wow, that's amazing. I feel so inspired to write poetry. I feel like I want to become a poet now. There you go. There we go. That's a really good outcome of the poem. I I feel like I've just, I have like so many poems I could share, but I wrote um, my, my grandma when she passed away. That evening that she passed away, I ended up sitting down and writing a poem for like for her. And it was so interesting because it was like one of those poems that just like kind of came, you know, it just kind of like flowed pretty easily. And I ended up reading it I ended up reading it at her graveside and I just was so crying through it and I wished I could have had a little more like composure so that people could actually like hear what it was saying what I was saying but it was um but now we've put it into my grandma's like on her memories in the family search app so people can like look it up or whatever but it's not anything like really special, but it's just like something that came to me, right? Kind of something that just like easily came. And I think sometimes it can come easily. Sometimes things just come and that's kind of cool. But there is some, there are some times where it's pretty effortless to, to write poems or to have something come to you that's inspired for you. So I didn't realize how much you love poetry. That's really cool. And that you like write poetry. Yeah, and I haven't written a ton of poetry, but I I appreciate it. I'm a big appreciator. And my guest on the, the Thy Neighbor podcast, Elizabeth Pimbrough, she wrote this, po- this book of poetry called The Brain's Lectionary. And it's about her experience with traumatic brain injury and how she is this beautiful, she's a beautiful writer, so amazing. And one of her poems, um, she just has so many good ones. They're so deep. I'm like, wow, she is so incredible. So that has been really fun to read. Like her book has been so fun for me. And then of course, I'm gonna end with another poem. I mean, my poem, I'm not done yet still. Uh, the last poem I'm gonna do is um, my one of my favorites and it's from Maya Angelou and it's called Phenomenal Woman. And this one I think most of us have heard. So it goes like this. Pretty women wonder where my secrets lie or my secret lies. I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model size, but when I start to tell, but when I start to tell them, they think I'm telling lies. I say it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman, that's me. I walk into a room just as cool as you please, and to a man the fellows stand or fall down on their knees. Then they swarm around me, a hive of honeybees. I say, it's the fire in my eyes and the flash of my teeth, the swing in my waist and the joy in my feet. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Phenomenal woman, that's me. Men themselves have wondered what they see in me. They try so much, but they can't touch my inner mystery. When I try to show them, they say they still can't see. I say, it's in the arch of my back, the sun of my smile, the ride of my breasts, the grace of my style. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Phenomenal woman, that's me. Now you understand just why my head's not bowed. 
I don't shout or jump about or have to talk real loud. When you see me passing, it ought to make you proud. I say, it's in the click of my heels, the bend of my hair, the palm of my hand, the need of my care, because I'm a woman, phenomenally. Phenomenal woman, that's me. I've never heard that. <laughs> that's a popular one. Guess I'm not very cultured, but I love that. That's an awesome poem. Melody, I'm have you heard that before? I'm a woman. I have not heard that. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. At least I was in good company there. No, you're you're great. Phenomenal <laughs> woman is like one of my favorites. And I used to have it memorized. I don't have it memorized right now, but I used to have it memorized. And so I remember when I was memorizing it, I would it was when I was in California and I would I would rehearse it in my car over and over again, rehearse this poem. And it was just such a fun experience. And I remember performing it so, sort of for my friends on the beach in California in San Luis Obispo. Well, actually, that was Morro Bay, which is not San Luis. But anyways, Morro Bay, I was there with my friends. And I remember I performed like part of it because I could only, I was like not ready to perform it ready. But I performed a little bit. And there was this guy who was there and he was like in love with me after that. I was like, wow, poetry has an effect on people. So, it's good. Anyway. <laughs> and then months later, you got married. And then months later, David. like I literally probably two months or three months later, I was married. So, you know, <laughs> good times. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was great. But yeah, I love poetry and it's so profound, I think, and can touch us just kind of like music. I feel like sometimes Taylor Swift, like some things that she says that I'm like, that's just such a poetic line or, or and my husband's always like, no, she's so shallow. And I'm like, no, she's deep. And then he also loves 21 Pilots. 21 Pilots is actually super deep. They have a lot of music that's pretty profound. Uh, and David and I recently had a conversation about why they're so profound, but they're very poetic as well. So it's kind of fun. A lot of people sing their poetry, right? They sing it. So it's a fun way to just like, why do I connect with that? And why is that so profound to me? It's a good way to just like get emotions up and out. If you ever need to feel like a good cry, read some good poetry and it can help you. So, all right. Uh, do you want to share? Uh, so let's move to goals. So reporting on our, how our last week's goals, at least Steph and I can, and then Melody, what you plan to do this next week. Okay, so my goal was to fix notable peeps. Um, I found out the problem of it, and it's refreshing right now on iTunes, so it should be back up, but... Way to go! You figured it out, Steph! It was a stupid plug-in. I'm really mad. Um, <laughs> but anyways, and then I had a goal to prep three dinners and do one breakfast, but then I realized that I'm going to be gone the next two weekends, and so um, I'm just eating the food that I have, and so I'm not meal prepping this week. Um, and then my goal was 90% on all my like daily goals and I got above that except for on one Making my bed. That's been the hardest one every week. There seems to be one day. I don't make my bed Um, so I got 87% So I might reevaluate and see if so that's good do on the weekends but um, but I like having it even on the weekends because it just it's nice to get into a made bed so Way to go. Freaking stuff. You're awesome. Thanks, Chase. Oh, that is, like, it feels good to be like, okay, like, um, these are the things that I did, but this is how I pivoted, you know? So. 
And Steph, what are you doing for this next week? Um, so I, um, I don't have anything planned, to be honest. I didn't come prepared with a goal. And I'm going to be out of town this weekend and next weekend. So I think I just want to make sure that I'm buttoning up the last of the goals I have for the month um, to check off on my nice little spreadsheet that I have for my, well, like it's like a um, printed out thing that I could put the dates for each of the, the things. So sort of like a personal progress thing for adult that well, I, I made you're gonna keep doing for myself. Habits, right? You're just going to keep doing your dailies. What? You're just going to keep doing your daily habits too, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's part of it too, but yeah. Okay, awesome. Okay, what about you, Mel? So, um, I didn't have a goal last week. Um, but my goal for this week, I have a few. So, I'm in the process of minimalist izing my home right now and i was inspired because one of the places we stayed at um was jacob's friend uh he he's in omaha we stayed at their house and it was the cleanest most simple organized house i've ever seen in my life and that has always been my dream i've always had this obsession over um organization and simplicity and <coughs> i was like this house is amazing. It just feels so clean and so nice. And I feel like I've been trying to figure out how to get my house that way. Um, and I've been learning little things here and there just by observing other people's homes. And um, uh, I've read some like minimalist books and things. And not that I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to be like an extreme minimalist, like three shirts in my closet kind of thing. But I just want to like declutter and just have a simple life like there's oh and also we're in Nauvoo and we walked through all of the like log cabins and things that the saints lived in and I was like they barely had anything like why do we need all of this stuff I do not need this stuff like one thing um, I've been chewing on getting rid of I have all these karate trophies from high school and I'm like these are cool but am I ever going to display them no so what's the point of having them? It's just a bin of plastic trophies, you know? And I'm like, what's going to happen after I die? Like, are my kids going to want my karate trophies from high school? You know what I mean? So I think put anyways. those babies on the wall. You're right. I should just have like a trophy room. Yeah. This is my first, my first place karate tournament when I was eight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I beat them all. And... Anyways, so I am cleaning, like decluttering my house. So my my house is freaking crazy right now. But so my goal is to finish cleaning my house and take everything to the DI. Um, and my second goal is I'm working on setting harder boundaries with my schedule. I just keep letting things slip through the cracks of my schedule. Um and there are things that once they come up, I feel resentment because I don't want to do them and I should have never said yes to them. So I'm working on setting harder boundaries and just simplifying my life. So those are my goals. Oh, man, I love the condo life. Marie Kondo, that's who I always think of. The life changing yes. tidying up like that book literally changed my life on my top three of life changing books. Is that book. really I actually have not read that book. I've watched her show, but I've not read her book. 
you need to I'll do that. I'll have to put it in the queue. Be like, wait, what? It is so good. I think it's so good. Either people love it or they don't. They just feel annoyed most of the time. But I think I know it's a, a lot of people are. It's so anyway, I'm putting it in the queue. Good, good. Yeah, call. But just, just you know, Tracy's push again for the life changing magic of tidying up. I also feel like Steph has one of the most tidy houses ever. Tidy. Yeah, Steph, your house is amazing. Guys, it's only one person and it's small, so it's easier to keep it clean. What, but which I think are the advantages of having both of those things. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing also that I have been progressively, have I told you guys about the progressive cleaning of my bathroom? That I've been cleaning like one wall of my bathroom, I mean of my shower. Anyway, my shower has tons of tile and it's just been so gross and I haven't dealt with it because you just get in and get out and be like, eh, not going to do that. So I have been actually like washing it and cleaning the grout and stuff. And it's not perfect by any means, but it's way better than it used to be. And I've just done it like every Monday for the last three Mondays is like a shower cleaning day. And so I just do one wall of it. And then I'm just like, I'll just rotate it, you know, just like keep on cleaning on it, keep on working on it. So random, but I love the whole cleaning thing. I also did some like sparking joy. So I'm sure you've heard that Marie holds up things and says like, does this spark joy? And if it doesn't, she lets it go. I did that this morning with my t-shirts. It's like letting it go, letting it go. Wow. That one surprised me. It was surprising to me, which ones actually sparked joy. I was like, what? This is the one that sparks joy. I am so confused right now. It was great. It was great. Anyway, that's really fun. I love tidying up. I actually think David and I could potentially be a team of Marie Kondo people because we both oh have gosh. strengths in that way, and it would just be so fun. So come to my house and help me. <laughs> it's just so fun. It's <laughs> great. Anyway, okay, that's great. And then also, um, so for myself to report back on my goals, my goal was to spend ten minutes a day on job search, at least. And then I also did Book of Mormon study. The Book of Mormon study, been crushing that. It's been really good. I've been feeling the power of the Book of Mormon again in my life, which is real. And I'm so grateful for it. And then also regarding the job search, I probably I probably did job searching four out of the seven days. Of like yeah, that's still great. Yeah, it was good. I have some pretty aggressive goals right now with that. And so... Um, I'm supposed to do 20 hours this week because I have like my friend is supposed to be holding me accountable. Kind of makes me sick because I'm like, I'm not going to probably hit that goal, but I needed like ambitious goal right now to try to kind of push me. And, uh, but I'm just, what I've learned is that I'm taking the whole looking at the job search in a different way. I've sort of changed my perspective and the way I've shifted my perspective is just like, this is an opportunity for me to really figure out what I want to do and like, what are the non-negotiables? What are the negotiables in this whole process? Like, what am I not even willing to negotiate on? So where should I be looking? Because I know those things are non-negotiables versus what's negotiable, what would be nice to have. And so I did that list today. And then I've been working on the, tell me about yourself and using like my three really powerful character traits to like tell about them, to tell the person who I am in a very short, succinct way, like three character traits. Anyway. I've been working on that and I'm going to keep working on that. So feeling good over here. Way better than I've been feeling the last two weeks before this. So I'm doing like way better. That's good. Yeah. Nice. And also, Casey, 
Oh, oh yes. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say also, David and I are, we are on the calendar for IVF. I will start taking, I'm actually starting taking meds right now. And I will start on the 15th, September 15th with like actually taking my, um, anyway, taking all of the med medications. So. Cool. Yay, how exciting. Yeah. Sounds good. I was just going to say, Tracy, do you know how cool you are? I just think that you are such a cool, fascinating human. And I just really appreciate you. I just think you're awesome. Thank you so much. I think the same thing about you. Did you see those dance moves when she got excited? I mean, the dance moves, it was like, <laughs> like the spaz moves before <laughs> we started this whole thing. She did this. Really also, good. are you planking right now? No, I am oh. not that cool. <laughs> no, I'm just laying on my ground. Me <laughs> to myself, I was like, of course. I've been planking I've been this like, wait a multitask <laughs> and plank over there. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> anyway, everyone, go look up one of your favorite poems and read it to yourself and remind yourself of why the written word is important and that it is greater. Like the words that we think, the words we speak, the words that are used, they're intended for a purpose. And so you can use your words to really change the world and change your world, at least from the, you know, whatever you're inputting can really affect how you feel. So be mindful of what inputs you're letting in because it affects how you feel. So anyway, we love you. Whoever you are out there, we want you to know we love you and uh, have a great day. Uh, I mean, have a great, great time. All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs>